0: Welcome back to the What No One's Asking For podcast. One of your hosts, Brian Burchick here, and today's episode is titled Tribalism. And really uh, just raw conversation. Um, a lot of things come out of this that frankly are, are worthy of their own in-depth conversation. So we look forward to those as well. But man, this one um, I think strikes very deeply um, And so many of us, as we're being honest about what's going on inside and kind of how we approach the world around us. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. And what's crazy is that this is actually the second to last episode for season two. So we are wrapping up season two. Um, Again, there'll be another episode, uh, one more after this. Uh, And then we'll be on just a little bit of a pause but while we're paused with new recordings, we are doing a live event. We're going to talk a lot about this in this episode at the beginning, so I don't want to just go crazy on it. But April 29th, it's going to be awesome. Check it out. You can see it on our Instagram, on our um, website, wnafpod.com. We'll talk more about it in the episode, but we're super pumped. We'd love to have you join us for this. Um, and the the ask on that is, would you share a question with us could you submit a question for us that we can respond to in that live event Um, we'll be recording it so we will release it too Um, but could you if you've ever been listening and thought but what about this or oh y'all didn't mention this don't you think this Um, any of those interjections or curiosities send it to us send it to us because we want to address those um, as best as we can and specifically at that live event those will become sort of the the basis for what we get to dive into so super excited for all that and thanks for being with us here as we're wrapping up season two it's been awesome and um, let's go ahead and dive into tribalism what's about? on
1: from the old episode there and I'm getting older, too. Oh, <laughs> what is that? That a reflection and I so a <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> is that <it> a woman? <laughs> so, is that a yeah. woman singing or a guy? No, it's a woman. She kind of has uh, a... <laughs> you sing voice. very
2: ambiguous. So I can't... In my
1: head, I can't I hear well, guy, I don't know the words. It's like, so I'm getting older, <laughs> too. too.
0: Yeah, I remember that, dude. That's...
1: its a good song. I mean, you should listen Uh-oh. to it later on your drive. You'll like it,
0: <laughs> dude. That's, i would say that's like late '90s, early 2000s. I feel like.
1: Yeah, it's like Can't...
2: a Fleetwood. I almost hear
1: it, Mac or something. I don't know.
0: It's not Fleetwood. I don't think. Okay.
1: No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Well, welcome, gentlemen. We're here.
1: Yeah. Yet here another. We
0: Yet another. Um. So what no one's asking for it is Fleetwood
1: for. Mac, you dat you dumb tip shit. <laughs> It's it Fleetwood is? Mac landslide. Yes. God. Oh y'all are y'all are I, a bunch of boobs. I thought it was newer than that. <laughs> I
0: totally did.
1: No, yeah, it's it's, I'm it's getting older it's, too. Uh, Wow. Yeah. One, well Reynolds,
0: okay. I am sorry. I
2: just j- j- shot you down.
1: This is for you, Daddy. This is for you, Daddy. <laughs>
2: mm. Why is that funny? Is
1: this is for you, Daddy. <laughs> I took my love and I took it down. Oh, yeah. I swear you'd hear the chorus. I climbed the mountain and I turned around. I mean, it's good. It's hitting, dude. It's good. Snow so covered here. Yeah. Till the landslide brought
2: me down. Might get in copyright trouble.
0: Oh, yeah, cut it off. We're about to get sued.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I so you really might get in copyright trouble
1: for if, we, if we leave that in the episode. Uh, no, leave it. In. Just, just, just well, fade it out.
2: No one's listening. So, we
1: can... <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> hey, no one's asking for that song in, in this time of the morning. You know what? That was.
2: Uh,
0: they're amazing. I actually been listening to them recently, so I should have known. Um, okay. So excited for today. Well, hey, before we even get into today's episode, we're super pumped because we are doing a live event. What? Wow. What no one's asking for live recording and community gathering. gathering. Yeah. Come on. Yes. So Reynolds, tell us a little bit more about this live event because this is uh we've never done this and yeah. pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, heard for some people just hey, could we ever get together? Like, legitimately, people we're not just making this up, like, people <laughs> yeah. texting people, you know, that knew each other a long time ago that haven't connected for a long time. We got some friends that are going to be in town, even for Taylor Swift. So, we're like, hey, what if we did a live event April 29th? Um, mm. and the idea though is to get together and like really hear from people, like, what. We're going to have some, you can put in some questions beforehand. So answer some, some questions. We're going to hear from some different people. Want to hear from the audience, uh, have fun. Every, every ticket comes with two drink tickets. So you'll be able to, you know, just mix, mingle, connect with people. And then we'll record part of the night is the idea. Like we would yeah. kind of hang live out recording. And, yeah. Do a, do a live show, man. And let everybody be a part of it, you know? So everybody that's there will be. We'll be in on the action and, uh, just feels like the right next step, right? Experiment, you know, as season two kind of comes to a close here. Yeah,
0: no, I can't wait. I mean, can't wait to hear from, you know, people who come like how they've experienced the, you know, some of these, not in, not that they have to be in midlife, but you know, some of these issues that we've been talking about, some of these topics like going through life and realizing maybe that, um. We're not as certain about certain things or confident about certain things or things have gone so differently than we thought and the, the call to like, have to have bravery to keep going or to open up or to, I mean, all those things, like I'm excited to hear from people in their own journeys of being vulnerable, seeking growth, um, getting real and honest, like all those things are, I just can't wait to hear how people are experiencing those things I think that's what I'm personally excited about
2: yeah I even think about <clears throat> last episode Caroline talking about just the the difficulty of you know creating friendships later in life and mm-hmm. you know maybe you're listening to this and you're like dang I wish I I, I want to cultivate you know some deeper relationships and meet some people that uh, this could be one of those places whether you know us or don't know us um you know you come here and and meet some awesome people that are on the same wavelength at least or thinking around the same questions and that kind of stuff um so i think we're just gonna have a lot of fun yeah yeah
1: i saw a post last night somebody it was their 40th birthday knew this person from high school and um they're just saying how grateful they were for like friends like thank you for coming to like to my party be with me yes and, and say talking about the loneliness like especially even in men like the loneliness of men and, and we're basically just encouraging people like just reach out like ask yeah. someone you know to go for a beer or coffee or just like kind of initiate and so this is our way of just inviting you in saying hey yeah if you've if this meant something to you and and you want some you want more connection like this is a great place to to do that. Yeah. I'm curious what happens in the room when, you know, you got, you've gone through some of these things we've talked about and then you, you find yourself in a room with other people and you're like, I'm not alone. <laughs> like I'm not the only one. Like that's such a powerful feeling. Like such a good bonding feeling. So I, I think there's going to be, I'm just interested in what's going to happen in the room. Like as we start to talk mm-hmm. and kind of open it up for some conversation, like what's possible in that room? Like that's what gets me excited. There's kind of a charge, there's an energy to that. Yeah. There's an unknown, but it's, but it's like an exciting unknown. Um, yeah. So I kind of live for these moments, man. I, I'm 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 looking to see what kind of magic you know manifests yeah. in the yeah. first what no one's asking for well, gathering have, slash live show. <laughs> we're gonna have Fleetwood
2: Fleetwood Mac opening for us too, which is gonna be really fun. Uh, so. Yeah, I
1: mean through the like through Spotify, like through yeah. the iPod. I mean it's, yeah. it's gonna be high quality, you know, uh, streaming oh my, at the highest uh, qualities.
2: <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> oh, I thought you meant I thought you <laughs> I thought you meant Spotify was like sponsoring it us and no, giving no, us a no. mac you mean no. plugging yeah, phones I'll, in? No,
1: I'll literally be playing it all my spotify account <laughs> but i mean it's gonna sound great i mean it's gonna be it'll be like oh, they're yeah. in the room <laughs> <Yes>. well <laughs>
2: good.
0: nothing nothing would make me happier than if there was some people there who we don't know at all like that would be so cool to me if there were people Absolutely. who maybe we don't have any relational history with other than just this interesting funny thing of connecting via podcast um that would be awesome i don't know if it'll happen but i'll just say if we'd love to have you um so yeah the details of the live event um Reynolds, you we kind of want to talk through just like where they can find information that kind of yeah, stuff
1: yeah so we're going to have a, a eventbrite link you know on our social media you know on on instagram the wnaf pod uh, account we're gonna have the link on our website wnafpod.com and you can also leave us a voice message there you know reach out to us um our big mailing list man we got to send out a mailer about this i <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> haven't yeah. pulled that lever yet but you'll be getting a little message from us yeah. and uh and then also in the the show notes if you will okay. there will be okay. a link to yes. the event bright and i think there is going to be a, a special if you it's like 25 bucks for one ticket, but if you, there's going to be a, a two ticket, you know, price, that has got a little discount in there. So a bring a friend, for two.
0: Yep. duo yep. ticket. And it's going to be, you know, more details to come, but it'll be in the city of Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. for all of our national and international listeners. If you're flying in, right. um, it'll <laughs> be... uh, Drew, don't laugh. Uh, some people <laughs> might be flying in. Um, so anyway, it's, uh.
1: In the city, yeah. April 29th, thinking like a 7.30 to 10. Just yeah. Eat your dinner, dinner before and come drink with us.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's only a, a like- and If you're lucky, a the-
1: few special guests might make it back to the sauna at my house. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. After the, the night. Very,
0: very intimate, very small <laughs> setting there.
1: Yeah, that's wow. like the VIP ticket. I mean, there starts at a thousand. Uh, i'm Only selling like two or three because it's pretty could small we, sauna, But could we
0: just transport your sauna to the event venue and do nah. the live recording? I, but I want us in the sauna for the live.
1: Recording. I mean, we could do a recording. just <laughs> the, sauna, us in the live. Sauna. Yeah, that would be so uh, funny. Oh my god! Through gosh. the glass, it barely uh, fits in my. my little All right. Well, dish.
0: it is. It is not going to be a huge event. So limited limited tickets so get them fast I think as of right now it's 50 yeah so I mean we uh we're you know not not even two months out at this point there's you know a month and a half or so time we're recording this so get those quickly and um yeah let's so let's jump in here and um we today's episode we are going to talk about a phenomenon, a tendency of humans. Um, There's other things you could say about it, but it's um, something referred to as tribalism. And tribalism is like so many things we talk about on this podcast. There are like clear benefits and negatives, pros and cons. And so I want to start just talking about um, rather than giving like lots of hard definitions and sort of this more academic, you know, defining of it, I want to kind of just talk about how you guys, um, kind of how you experience the benefits of feeling a part of a tribe, um, kind of as you grew up, as you kind of went through early adulthood, like because that I means the these, the idea is simply that as humans we have this tendency to really form groups based on shared characteristics. You know whether that's ethnicity, your religion, culture, um, and so like when y'all think about growing up and everything, like how have you experienced some of the benefits of feeling like you were a part of a larger tribe or a community that shared some of those common characteristics
1: yeah my mind goes straight to like a team you know because i just coached this like fourth and fifth basketball team and it's like dude it bonded us man like come on we want to win like Mm -hmm. you guys want it like we're gonna beat them like it was like us against them like and that is the point it feels so good to like get into some of those spaces, you know, cause it's not like we're killing them. Like in the olden days, like we got to kill this tribe yeah. to get yes. the bananas or whatever. It's like, no, we just want to beat you in basketball. But yeah. even see these little <laughs> to get kids, the like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get the resources. But these, these kids, like they did, they, I saw their friendships grow. I saw them get way better, like in their, it just in the sport um, and yes. part of that was cause they like, didn't want to let their team down. It's like, man, I want to contribute. Like I want to make this team good. Like I want to be a part of a winning team. And I mean, i tell yes. you, it felt good. Even as a coach it felt good to win. You know what oh, I mean? yeah. Like when we lost, like, I didn't think about it for more than a day or, or two, not a week. <clears throat> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it was like, you feel the emotion of that. And, um, oh, man, yeah. I just thought this is so, cause I know I experienced that as a kid yes. and how healthy it was for me. To like grow, push myself, you know, again, want to help. And then the benefits like, dude, these kids, I mean, you know, my son scored, he didn't score at all last year. He scored for the first time. Everyone's going nuts. Like, I'm like oh, on yeah. the sidelines, like with the other coach, like, can you believe it? <laughs> you know, yeah, like right. his son would do something great or someone would do a great move. And the whole team was just so happy, just celebrating, just, you know, value. Really? So, I mean, I just think all that's so good for everything self-esteem and just just feeling like you can do something you know like with the team making it happen so oh yeah um that's where my mind goes what about you drew
2: yeah i mean my actually where my mind first went was just the crew of kids that i grew up with uh in my neighborhood like that was my first tribe outside of my immediate family and there's just a safety There's like a, Mm -hmm. you know who, you know who your friends are. You know that you can be yourself with them. Like there's a creativity that comes inside of that safety, you know, like um, meaning like once you get past the, am I in? Do you like me? Whatever. Like you have space for what do we do today? What should we create? What do we want to play? Where do we want to go? Um, I even think about like, I had to transfer and have to, I transferred schools, like I had a different elementary school than I did middle school and a different high school than I did middle school, right? So I had these start over moments. And when I went to high school with y'all, they were already there, right? So they had been going to public school. That was my first time getting introduced to that system where most of you had been there like your entire life. And so even just the connection with those guys initially was like a lifeboat to me. It was the oh, difference yeah. in walking in totally alone and mm-hmm. walking in at least knowing a few people, like literally somebody to sit with at a lunch table, you know? Yeah. Um, but what, you know, we could talk about this as well, maybe, but <clears throat> at some point I realized like as much as I truly, truly love these guys, they were also kind of getting me into some trouble that I was starting to have a internal conflict with. And, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, like sports was part of that rescue for me, Mm -hmm. you know, faith and sports, but like, practically it's like faith for me is kind of the tribalism I found at that point, uh, started taking my faith seriously, felt like there was, you know, something I wanted to pursue, but practically I didn't know how to literally change tribes. I didn't know, like, what do I do? And I, I still remember calling those friends and saying, hey, I don't think I'll be around as much. Oh, wow. And they're like, I mean, dude, these guys have been best friends with since I was three, right? Yeah. They're used to seeing me every weekend. And every weekend, we were smoking weed and drinking and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I remember calling them like, dude, I don't think I'm going to come this weekend. They're like, why? And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be coming a lot. And they're like, Why? i mean there's immense pressure like so that's the other hard part about getting out of a tribe right yeah and i said because i'm gonna take soccer more seriously and it like made sense to them they were like all right all right they're like bum, but they're like i get it i was like dude i can't be like really taking this seriously and smoking weed at the same time like i gotta get in shape and Blah, blah, blah. And it was just, I remember loving that excuse. Oh yeah. Cause like, it was
0: less about them. Yes. You know, it wasn't about, Hey, y'all, you guys are bad influence. I'm not judging
2: so. you. Or yeah. I was just like, I got it guys. I can't be like, you know, my lungs, you know, whatever. Like I gotta go do this thing. And, um, and that's where I found Scotty, which led me, you know, I started, uh, developing friendships with guys on the team more, which led me to Birchick yeah. and eventually, yeah. you know, Matt, that kind of thing. So, and then the same thing, you know, Ren. Sports is a great analogy of both the positive and the negative. Um, I happen to think it's way more positive than negative. Oh, yeah. Uh, Me too. But you'll hear everybody, you know, sometimes that do see the negative, which is there. Like you'll see the crazy parents or the, you know, yeah. the hating of the other team. Like the rivals are evil and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, totally. Yeah, that's totally there. Yet, yeah. I mean, dude, the, like you said, the family, that you get to experience, the competition, the drive, the discipline. Uh, so, anyways, I think those were some of the early, really positives for me that I experienced. That I think a lot of people can attest to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, I would echo all of that. All the the friendship stuff. Um, I too remember having to almost like switch friend groups and sort of leave one tribe for another um, for similar reasons as you drew, which felt Uh, I'm sure it didn't come across well, Um, probably certainly felt like you guys are bad. So I'm leaving, um, you know, in hindsight. Um, But, you know, and even just like, you know, I remember when our friendships drew me and kind of your group of friends, like our group of friends, like eventually it was less it became, I guess, deeper in a sense, because it was not just, hey, we all kind of like the same stuff. But then our and with you, Reynolds, like it's like. Faith became a big part of it, you know. So then we're doing like Bible studies, and we have this whole now newer, deeper sense of like mission and purpose. And, um, there's just tons of like camaraderie in that you're going to like these camps or these trips together now with
2: purpose, um, and deep and, vulnerability and honesty. And yeah, yeah
1: so th- that's what I was gonna say. I, we, this is not, I didn't think about this at all when I we think about this episode, but it's like, man, what actually drew me in to. Um like connecting with you guys and then really kind of some ways like merging with some of the group that y'all had, not everybody, but yeah. uh some people was like, dude, I've been I've been I've had this level of vulnerability. I would call it like medium vulnerability, but I think I had a desire for that like high vulnerability. Yeah. And I remember feeling that with y'all, like that's so that's what drew me in was like, dude, this is what I've been looking for. And it's funny that now 20 years later we're doing this podcast and it's all about like vulnerability. Now it's just like, Hey, let's be vulnerable and like record it and make it public. (laughs) But I think probably the people that like this, like that aspect of it, but I just don't want to, that's a big deal. Like, I don't know, as you were kind of opening it up, I was like, huh? Yes. I did feel that safety to be like, just say everything. (laughs) Like, just like feeling known and feeling like you can just, yeah, be vulnerable. Like what a powerful connector, you know? It, It just like fed my soul. I feel like it nourished my soul. And I felt like everybody would make fun, you know, if they knew how honest I was being, people would make fun of me. But I actually think I'm finding the good thing. And you're missing out. You know what I mean? It's like.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like in that context, I mean, we were encouraged to talk about what we're struggling with, you know, because there was like this desire to grow, to be this like, you know, good, like spiritual, moral person. So like we were talking about struggles. We were encouraged to like be really reflective. I mean, that's when like journaling, you know, started to become a thing. And. But yeah, I mean like all those <laughs> things were very like nourishing and on top of it, you know, obviously to like have these friendships and you have fun together and all those things. Um so thinking about all those benefits, um, like I said at the beginning though, it's like when it comes to tribalism and and you know, we hit on all these I think in one way or another, hit on all these benefits that we talk about. With this. there's social cohesion, right? That sense of belonging. We talked about the support that you can find during safety, difficult times. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: hearing. Safety, yes. safety.
0: Yeah. Like um, you also kind of get like this whole idea of um, you know like influence and even power dynamics begin to form, which can be positive. Where there's leaders who are um, kind of using that gift and kind of leading the way. Um, Great which stuff. I think that was. a... What's that? Yeah, you
1: can pull your resources. You, can I feel like stuff. you can, Yeah, more as possible. Um, yes.
0: Yes. You can get and stuff done. Absolutely. So, but then, like, I know for me, the older I've gotten, the more I think I've become aware of sort of the negative sides of tribalism. And, you know, just look at our culture today. I mean, there's a lot of talk about political tribalism. Right. And how polarized and just like partisan politics, like, dude, I'm going to agree with my party no matter what. It could be it could be the most completely irrational thing. I don't care. I'm just I'm going with my political party or, you know, there's lots of talks about religious um, tribalism and sort of the negatives of the violence even that occurs over, you know, history of these groups that are, um, you know, fighting with each other over. A difference in religious
2: perspective or religion or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, like, how was that? You said a difference of religious perspective or religion or something. <laughs> I think you meant well, to use a different example, but you just said. Well, the same. what I was what I was thinking in my mind
0: was it's like there's these different factions within one religion, but then of course there's fights between different religions, right, um, right, as well. But like. How did you guys little examples, little everyday maybe examples of where the negatives began to you 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 started to realize some of the negatives perhaps or got an awareness of where that is like limiting or like uh almost like working against the type of growth that you felt like you were being called mm-hmm. into? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I
2: think I think for me it's when did I first start seeing it? And I the very first memory I have is One of my friends' dads that kept getting kicked out of our games, and (laughs) I just remember being like, "I heard some soccer games recently." Like I, I remember like obviously being caught up in the game, like and feeling the competitiveness and feeling the, the us versus them. But I remember when I saw that, thinking like. But I don't feel like that,
1: right? God, that's intense. Good, good for that guy. I mean, just for the sake of an example, you know, like <laughs> it's just kind of nice to see. <laughs> my my parent, like I remember my parents
2: bringing an entire bag of oranges to give him something to do. They would hand him the oranges and say, "Just peel these and keep your mouth shut."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like just random stuff. Where I was like, I was like, man, what's up with that guy? Like, I didn't judge him, but I was just like so curious. Like, what's well, and then I remember like, uh, one of the great things about at least the sport I was playing with soccer was a uh, travel team, maybe somewhere like AAU, Brian with basketball and different stuff like that. You end up mixing with players that were to them, you know, and all of a sudden they're on your team now. And I just, I literally remember being at this guy I thought I hated was now on my team. And I was so pumped that he was on my team because it was like, oh, I think the only reason I didn't like you was you were so good on the team against me. Yeah, And then, so then just almost like we talk about travel, like when you travel and you're like, wow, it's actually hard to hate somebody when you, when you like get outside your bubble and you spend some time with them, I started to just see it like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and so for me in in sports, that's where it started. And then if you want, we can go later. Cause I started to see that even in our job and our faith community. Okay. So yeah, I mean, (sighs) I don't even know where I would start with that, but like again, all the amazing benefits of tribe we experienced when we worked in the church together, and and all that kind of stuff. But I, I also began to see an isolation that it was slowly, um, like a like a self isolating element that started to emerge. If you go too far, too deep, or too long, just in your little bubble. Where you lose touch with the rest of the world or you, I don't even know. uh, Yeah, uh, maybe I'll step in. I don't even know where I want to start with this in that example.
0: Yeah. Well, I I remember, um, and, you know, again, like super grateful for all the experiences. But I, I do remember at times, you know, leading in the church and kind of sitting in, you know, meetings or something and kind of feeling like what we're doing matters more than anything else in the whole world and like the work that we specifically at at, in our church that the stuff we're doing no one else is doing yeah like this is (laughs) so special this is so different um that we are so important kind of and It's not like anyone was saying that specifically, but I remember just even beginning, as I was getting older and older, I was kind of like, you know, there's so many other churches, like even just down the street that also (laughs) feel that they are doing like the most interesting or best version of this type Mm -hmm. of work or whatever. And so, you know, when you say that it was a little, you know, isolating or whatever, or just kind of keeps you in that bubble, I I certainly think age and experience you start to become more aware of that and when you're younger there like we talked about this you know ego journey you know you're kind of building up that ego early on and man there's again i i think the experience we had there's a lot a lot less healthy ways you can build up your ego but i do think there was quite a bit of that in some of these early jobs where it's like oh man what we're doing is so special and 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 probably unspoken in my mind, it was like, man, what we're doing is like more important than what other, even other churches are doing or, you know, whatever.
2: Well, you just started like, I started to feel the feeling of danger that we, not, I don't say we, like uh, too all encompassing, but like how easy it was to feel danger about anything other. Another point of view that was like not how the group was thinking. Another interpretation of something, you know? And then I just remember like, I remember one day, while well, I was, um, uh, I was actually walking through a mall with Caroline. It was a rainy day. We didn't have anything to do. We were in Myrtle beach, uh, with our, with, with Campbell and we were walking through the mall. And I just remembered back to high school when I had a diversity of, of friends and, uh, more like a social diversity where, yeah. I had like my sports friends, but then I had like you guys who were like my sports, but also like faith, like my tightest group of friends. But then I had these other guys that I was just friends with that were not, you know, Christian at all, didn't play sports at all, and I was this bridge between all these groups. And I just liked—I don't know—I liked it. I like like it felt real. It felt like real life. Like, and I remember being like, it was in that moment that I realized how little diversity I now had in my life that like that one tribe was so strong that my whole life was people that were in that tribe. And I was like, man, something is lacking something, some yeah. vibrancy to life is now missing because of this one note, like that there's not a yeah. diversity of tribe. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: For yeah. sure. No. Cause I mean the, what the way I would describe it is, there, and this is where I started getting uncomfortable. Oh, someone's different from us. They have a different point of view, like you're saying. That's a threat. Threat. Their yes. difference is a threat to our group, which yeah, I yeah. think is actually untrue. It's a misnomer, but it's like, no, no, no. If it's different, it, it, it's going to weaken slope. our bond. So we have to be right. You're wrong because that makes us feel safe and, and comfortable because if you have a different point you could be right then that threatens our groups yeah. position our power our point of view and is and i just remember feeling like i don't really like that like if we're right or good or great or whatever if you're a good team like why do why do we have to be Defensive. better than them for us to be good you know what i mean yeah. it's, so it's that threat thing yeah and um and that's where i started to be a little uncomfortable And dude, that's what's hard. Like, I mean, I got a theological degree. I went to graduate school (laughs) and got a master's in theology. I mean, it had a leadership focus, but it was like, it blew my mind to learn, oh, there's not like four perspectives. There's like 24 just within this one religion. And I was like, whoa, like, oh, there's eight different interpretations on the Exodus from Egypt you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Did it happen? Did it not happen? How did it happen? Who was there? What was this being? coming yeah. from? And I, dude, it just kind of made my mind spin like, whoa, like this is, I, you know, how do you think about these things? Like it, it yeah. is easier. It's, a, it's almost like the whole yes. way. ignorance is bliss. It's just easier to be like, this is my group and this is how we do it. Yes. This is what's right. And that's what's wrong. And yes. it's a simpler way. It's, I get why we gravitate towards it. You know what I mean? But to your point, you're walking through that mall. And for me, probably going through seminary, it's like, whoa, like, what do I want to, how do I want to build my life? You know, what, what is going to be my worldview? How am I going to navigate through these different, you know, groups and beliefs and tribes? And yeah, um, it's a crazy experience, dude. Oh yeah.
0: Well, I love that you brought up that it, 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 in some ways it's much easier at one level to stay in the more black and white, you know, clear lines us and them, uh in-group, out-group, good um, guys,
2: bad guys.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, dude, there's something honestly, like I've thought about this, like there's a lot of, you know, 65, 70-year-old dads, white dads probably specifically that, you know, <laughs> Fox go. News, Fox News <laughs> is on <laughs> News 24/7. Dad. It's that literally bit. on 24 seven. And I've often thought about it like, man, it's probably like a comfort. It's like a comforting like blanket that it's just <laughs> it's always like a weighted there. blanket. <laughs> yeah, because it does. It does this thing where it, it reaffirms the simplicity of this is your tribe. This is we are, you know, right. This is the perspectives. These are the the ways we think about things and it's it's a comfort it's a and
1: we make a whole lot of money for you to just keep on you know <laughs> yes, believing the yes. same stuff
0: and 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 cnn's the same way on the other side i'm not saying one's better than the other but yeah i was about to say we have
2: to say that if we're talking about tribalism
1: <laughs> yeah like we have to because <laughs> no i know yeah. i don't have a dog in the fight Each, i mean I don't I'll, either. I'll read articles from both i mean i want to just yes. dip my toes in all the ponds i don't and see have what a dog eat. i don't even watch any <laughs> of those I'm just saying
2: I I find it hilarious because I've lived in city and I've lived out of city and I see each tribe always thinks they're the they're the open-minded one and I'm like city's better we're always thinking we're still coming back to this tribal way of thinking it's Fox News is the problem CNN's the problem whatever yes but you're right Brian like I think there is a comfort to it and even if you guys think about like the the more truly confusing and scary stuff that happens in life like there's confusing and scary stuff like we went I was looking through old photos yesterday, not on purpose. The kids just like every now and then scroll through my phone and they randomly landed in during the lockdown. And so I like, we're like looking at photos and videos of us during quarantine, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. It's already like, it's already somewhat of a distant memory, Mm -hmm. but like we went through like a, what's happening? Are people going to die? Are we going to die? Like, is life ever going to be the same? And that's actually a time where it's not helpful, but it is comforting to have your tribe that's like, you know who the problem is blank, whatever, you know, why this happened blank, you know, like when you can fill in very simple answers that don't challenge you that comfort you to very scary and complex situations, there is a comfort there.
0: Oh, yeah, it's not usually helpful yes that that idea of like group think you know where it's like you're just kind of conforming to the group instead of you know you're kind of giving up this independent or critical thinking to just kind of go with it and and you know i mean i think the the challenges so if in some ways
2: well hold on from your life though we we talked about from our life where we first saw it like yeah. Where did you start to see through it? I mean, obviously you have a different perspective than even Matt and I with even just the makeup of your family. Was it was it Yeah.
0: Well, was I would say I,
2: or what? I mean, I think I I think it started with kind of the religious
0: tribalism stuff, but then yeah, I mean, with our family, you know, being that we have, you know, our all of four of our kids are adopted and all of our kids are black and my wife and I are white. Right. That of course then creates an awareness and puts you on a just a really a completely different path for the rest of your life of now, um, having this, um, what do you call it? Multi biracial family, multiracial family of, um, so now, you know, you're just for our path. Now for life is being an awareness of more than just our ethnic, um, tribe that we've just kind of grown up and that we're, that we know we understand. So, I mean, That's obviously worthy of an entire episode is talking about um, kind of racial um, diversity and and all of those things. Racial tribes, yeah. Yes. We we naturally consider things, I think, differently. And that's just – that's a real gift to us, I think, that our kids give us. Um, But, you know, I'll say, like, we live – Like literally my kids go to the school and the cluster of schools that is the most diverse in the state of Georgia. It's like basically a quarter white, quarter black, quarter Asian, quarter Hispanic. It's wild. Like that balance of diversity is very uncommon. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then more broadly the county we live in is just, I, I think it's truly one of like the top 10 most diverse counties in the whole nation. So I'm sitting here experiencing the messiness of, diversity the messiness of when there's lots of different cultural tribes trying to do life all together and there's there's real challenges right i mean it's like there are a lot of differing experiences different opinions different perspectives um different politics and it's tough man i mean there's a lot of um there's a lot of transition and change um, that's happening and there's lots of fears, right? You, you don't, that you kind of fear what you don't know. And so there's, you're seeing, and, and I'll just say this. It's like, I have plenty of moments where my kind of evolutionary tribalism will just knee jerk come out. Yeah. But then my, but then my mind catches up and it's like, dude, what was that? You know, like I'm at the park and I run past or or walk past a group of people that don't look anything like me and they're speaking a different language. And there's this quick little evolutionary biological reaction to that that's like annoyed or something because yeah. they look and talk way differently than me. And there's like something about it that just initially I'm like frustrated by, but then your mind catches up and you're like, dude, what? This is America. This is this is the melting pot. Why is this bad? Um, or just silly stuff, man. When you discover something about someone and about their identity, that's significantly different than yours. And for a quick second, you're kind of like, oh, like you're like disappointed that they're different
2: <laughs> that's in weird. some way.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then you're like, no, dude, I accept those types of people. Or I accept these. Why why is there this tribal impulse? Um so i think where we could kind of go from here is like you find the benefits but then maybe as you get older you continue to grow in awareness and see some of the negative sides you see some of the i don't know just all the kind of stuff we began to tap into and so maybe we kind of move now into like what does it look like to try to pursue the benefits but then also, like, how do you overcome or let go of those limiting factors where you're essentially like staying in somewhat of a bubble of thought or whatever and losing out on the diversity?
2: Ren, I know you've got some even more uh, present day thoughts on, on what this subject means to you, and I would love to hear some of those.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, you know, I think when you talked about that moment in the mall, like, wow, my, my tribe, you know, my diversity, or however you said it, like, my diversity of friends and perspectives and conversation partners has gotten really small. That resonated with me where, you know, I've just had this desire to, <clears throat> I kind of felt like I stopped growing, man. I stopped learning. Like, I I just remember, like, when things were new and fresh and you learn all this stuff and your brain is just, like, on fire. You know what I mean? It's literally, like, inside your brain. It's just, it is firing. Your neurons are making new connections and synapses are making connections. And I was like, dude, I want that again. And But then it came differently. The first time it came through finding a tribe, finding, like, some very specific things of mission yes. to go after yeah, and that created the growth. And then it was this sense. And I met someone who was pretty different from me and they started, you know, sharing with me stuff and, and it was like, wow, I think the next stage of growth is like getting way outside my tribe. Like I need a new tribe in a sense, it's not like I'm leaving the other one. I, I need some new connections. I need some new relationships. I need to go some new places, you know? Um, So there's, this, I'd love to read all this quote. There's this awesome quote from, uh, The Medici Effect, which is kind of talking about how that that whole, the renaissance potentially happened. It's just a theory, you Mm. know? Um, But it says that um, it's this guy, Franz Johansson, in his book called The Medici Effect, he describes how the greatest creativity happens at the intersection of multiple cultures. Hmm. (laughs) So he talked about the Medici family. They understood the value of true cultural diversity and helped to sponsor and bring together Different leaders <clears throat> from different domains of society, so ranging from ethnic and organizational cultural cultures um, to class and professional culture. So almost this like melting pot of all these different people because they believe that these differences promoted open divergent thinking. Which I love that phrase, like open divergent thinking. Like I-, I feel like we're afraid of that. Like yeah. we're yeah. like no no no. Let's minimize the divergent thinking. Like if we're gonna have a a talk or a debate like let's make sure we kind of know that it's still gonna feel safe you know because it starts getting divergent everyone's like whoa what's happening you right, know what yeah. i mean all the tribal things start going off but this was their whole premise that that actually promoted like these breakthroughs in in creativity and in innovation and so he goes on to say some people labeled it as rebellious because they these gatherings are questioning traditions and rules um, but these leaders were now able to search for answers where other people had never looked before. Um, and then there's this specific quote by Leonardo da Vinci. you know, I'll stop here, but he says, you know, he he could be divined as defined as maybe like the, the 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 epitome of like a Renaissance man, you know, but he believed that to <clears throat> to fully understand something, you had to hear it from at least three different perspectives. And I remember reading that and just being like, what? like that's like that's not celebrated right now but like i think that might actually be wisdom like Mm. what if to be a good politician you had to truly you know hear and under and, and value three different perspectives on any one thing like to really understand it like to me i'm like dude that's wisdom like so i want that you know what i mean and i know we have to like break ourselves out of that um to even just hear like dude i hear a divergent opinion from what i think about something and it makes me uncomfortable like yeah i get Part defensive i'm like whoa well, whoa whoa like where, <laughs> where are you getting those facts he's like because because this has been my experience you know what i mean it's like it feels like it's challenging you know my whole life or something you know everything yeah. you know what i mean so it's like all those fear responders the fight and the flight just come up i mean dude i'll get in some conversations <laughs> Where someone's bringing a strong opinion i'll find myself literally just leaving the room my <laughs> body can't handle it I, I just get up and move away yeah. i'm like well in one quick example like when you travel like and again where i'm used to being in the in the majority it's like yes, i'm white no. i'm a man in america like i i can kind of go anywhere and probably feel mostly homey or whatever like that's my privilege yeah. you know you travel somewhere else you go in a different culture especially when they're speaking a different language and you don't know how things work there I mean that feeling in your body you're like oh, whoa yeah. i'm a fish out of water like yeah. can somebody help me like Yours. you're dependent you're needy like you just don't know you're like i am out i am not yes. i am a minority i people are looking at you like you don't know what you're doing you're like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> like how do i pay for this yeah. what is that called what are we eating like yeah. i mean dude you're in it. but again where i used to be maybe more afraid of that in, in a younger age now i'm like dude i if i don't have that i'm gonna get stuck i'm gonna yeah. get stuck in my way yes and man it makes you almost feel like a kid again it's like ch- your brain is almost like yeah. a young child where you're like whoa everything's different we gotta start over you yeah. know and i was telling y'all before that the one benefit i've seen from that one of them is like it makes me question my assumptions. Like, dude, I, even a simple place, like going to South America, you know, and they're just speaking Spanish, but it's like, whoa, I thought everything was like this. And now maybe everything is like this. And somewhere in that suspension of like, what's true innovation can happen. Right. Like new thoughts, like maybe some of my assumptions are wrong. Like Dude, I mean again, I have this every time I travel where I'm like, maybe I've been thinking about my whole life the wrong way in a good way this time where I'm like, what's possible? Like, yeah. We do this heat there, but here they do it like this. Like, are we all crazy? Like, do they, you know, so again, it's just that disruption. Yes.
0: Um absolutely.
1: That sparks all these new possibilities in the yes. brain. I don't oh. know. What what I mean yeah, come back at me. i'm I'm kind of just getting high on this idea because uh-huh. it's just it, it's it's wild, dude. I mean, isn't that <laughs> oh, yeah. crazy that that can happen? Oh
0: yeah. well, <laughs> and I mean, you're describing seeing get you know, getting some of those benefits from from travel, um, amongst other things, and I would say even just again, when you live in a place where you're kind of exposed to diversity, whether that's you know, ethnically, religiously, whatever, you do just continuously get bumped up against people's different experience, different stories, different backgrounds, all those things and it's like it is uncomfortable, but there is there is like this human connection that can be made that is just you you can't get it if you're only with people who look like you or think like you or just it's like there is no other way to really find that broader human connection. Well, I
1: will will say this. When you're you're in one of those settings and you feel like you don't belong, okay? Yeah. This is not for me. You don't know what's going on. (laughs) Like, I am the odd person out. I'm the minority. And then someone moves towards you to embrace you, to remind you of that humanness to like meet meet some kind of need you have like it is so meaningful I get so powerful like yeah um yeah yeah I I don't know I just I that I connect with what you're saying in that sense like I don't belong I I, I, yeah I don't fit in is anybody gonna accept me here and then when someone does reach out with that human And it, it, you can you can even not even have language like it might be without language it might just be a gesture you know or, yeah. or some kind of sharing of something, yeah. That man that that means so much and it feels so good. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, I'm wondering because Drew, I want to get to something that you said. I can't even remember if you said it prior to recording or not, um, but you had made a comment that like I want to find my tribe. <laughs> and, or I'm looking for yeah. a drive. And and so before we get there, I, cause I want you to just respond to that. But you know, I think when I think of my view of like tribalism when I was younger versus now, like I feel like initially it was pretty important that it was like, there was an exclusivity to the tribes I was in, you know, like inherent to it was like, it's exclusive. Like not everybody is involved in this. Um, whether it's because of how the things that you believe or whatever, but there was an exclusivity to it. And as I've gotten older, there's been this pathway of growth of wanting to move towards more inclusiveness. Um, I've also seen like early on, it was very much based on like certainty, like this is who we are. And this is what we know to be absolutely true. And there's a comfort in that certainty. Whereas as I've gotten older, I've had to become naturally more comfortable with like, the mystery of things. And I haven't, you know, it feels like there's been a letting go of that need for just like absolute certainty um, and more openness to a a level of mystery, a level of uncertainty. Um, And so even with thinking about the genius zone stuff we talked about last episode, where it's like, there's this expanding that happens. I think where I'm, where I can struggle is like, man, if you don't have a sense of exclusivity or a sense of like certainty, like how do you, what do you unite around? You know, what, right. What what kind of community can flourish when there's no exclusivity or no certainty. It just feels like it'd be so wishwashy or it'd be so gray that no one could really like grab hold and join this tribe. And this, so like, I think that's connected to your, that statement you made of like, I'm, I'm kind of looking for a tribe. <laughs> so mm. what, what, what does that mean to you? Or what, what did that question mean when you've said it?
2: Yeah. So like we're talking about, I went from all, you know, from those very, uh, clear, exclusive, uh, tribes to kind of going on what, you know, what Joseph Campbell talks about your hero's journey, which involves leaving home. Like every great story you mm. love, there's a yeah. leaving home in search of something. And, and, and to me, it felt like following something. I felt like God was leading me out of the known to the unknown. Right. And you do, you have this beautiful experience of other, this beautiful experience of other thinking, other people. I mean, I literally moved, I changed jobs. I, I mean, in every way, it felt like I left tribe, uh, left the identity of being a pastor, left, uh, the community of you all being right down the street and all that kind of stuff and I've experienced the beauty of it yet I don't think the answer is the the dissolution of tribes like we assume yeah. alright so where we need to go is from tribalism to non-tribalism and it's like almost like from culture to non-culture and you're like yeah. no that's not the answer because you very can easily end up in like nihilism. Yeah. You know, like practically speaking, you can get overwhelmed with diversity of thought. You can get overwhelmed with not fitting in anywhere, oh, with yeah. nothing to rally around, with yes, no or like the way I was even telling Reynolds one time was like there's no organizing principle to life right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. a difficult way to live when there's no like organizing principle to how you understand the chaos that's happening or
0: and i see it i I don't want to cut you off but just i see it in young people like high school age like my daughter's age now because our culture main mainstream culture is way more like this now than it was even when we were growing up and i see it there too it's like God, what where can these kids latch on to something like it's just all so whatever
2: yeah. So my, me and Caroline even talked about like we, in many ways, we wish we could go back to the simplicity of early tribalism. Like right. you were talking about that comfort yeah. zone. Like,
1: yeah. God, that was so well, easy. So many things are figured out for you. You're yes, not dude. wrestling. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like you talk about like, who am I? It feels like in early tribalism you get to show up and someone just gives you an answer or gives you like a name tag. And yes. you're like, cool. It's as easy as putting this name tag on who I am. And, <laughs> how I think and whatever. And
1: and, and, that, and that has been most of human history, by the way, like if we can just zoom out real quick, it's like, yeah, you're, I live here and I've, yeah. and I've farmed this rice pad and yeah. this is, yeah. there's no thought. Like, you didn't have all this existential yeah, correct possibility. I mean, your
2: name is Smith because you're from a family of blacksmiths, and you're gonna do what he did, and that's what you're gonna do. You know, you,
1: you wouldn't think about even doing anything other. It right. wouldn't be that opportunity.
2: Right. <laughs> so, like, I'm just talking practically more than philosophically. Even though, like, philosophically, I do think, like, when I think about what does better look like not perfect. I don't know what perfect even means, but what does yeah. better look like? I think it looks like really strong cultures that have no fear of other strong cultures that like literally like that play like you're talking about Brian. Like I would love to know like, what's the full benefit and expression of having, you know, let's say that that Asian community at your school, I want your like, what are your grandparents like? What's your relationship with them? Like based on your culture, the values. like I want oh. values like, yeah. but that like, those only come from something that's established that you're like, yes, this is how we do it. It's the problem when we has like way too strong of borders intellectually or values wise or whatever, where you see it as better than or in competition with. Right. So anyways, but just practically speaking, I'm like, dude, I see the value. I want that. I want a good, I want a healthy amount of that for my kids. Yeah. I want, I mean, How do you even make friends? Yeah. Like if you're in a new town, if you don't have some kind of tribe, whether that tribe is CrossFit or that tribe is church or that tribe is, you know, what no one's asking for podcast, you know, like how do you
0: (laughs) very small tribe?
1: Right. Well, that that's, that's what I was going to say. Part of my vision is like, I mean, I want to, I want to see how I want to create some new diverse tribes that, that have that diversity of thought to create new things, you know, to stimulate progress, to innovate, all that stuff. But one of my favorite tribes that's kind of grown over the last few years is is this basketball tribe, Friday mornings, because it is so, it's like the most naturally diverse group I'm a part of. Yeah. So basketball is the thing bringing people together, but then there's like, there's Asian dudes, there's Indian dudes, there's white dudes, there's black dudes. Like, it's just cool to see these blending yeah, of culture, because you get to know people, you get to know a little bit of like their background or whatever, yeah. who's connected to who, but like without the basketball, that that group never would have happened. Like we need something. Yeah, something that to is do. bringing us together Correct. that we're motivated by. No one's doing it because they feel like they have to, but because that's the motivating factor, we're having fun, we're doing a shared thing then these relationships starts to form that are actually really healthy. I guess it's helped my worldview. It's helped me understand. And like, we can have these conversations like, and dude, we had this, we had this gathering where everybody brought, you know, food together to cook. It's like meat, vegetarian, Baha'i, fasting. Like it was, it was wild. I was like, Oh man, I'm so glad. Like we have enough safety to like talk about this stuff, you know, and learn Mm -hmm. about it. And, and so I, I, that's kind of cool. To yeah. me, I know that's one of my desires, but I get your point, Drew. Like, without something, <clears throat> how well, do you build those relationships? Yeah. Like, how do you even get into that?
0: Oh, yeah. Because, well, I mean, because I think everybody is going to naturally, naturally gravitate towards the comfort of people that are similar to them. That, And a lot of times it's racially. A lot of times it's similar upbringings. Like, I mean, even for me, like, watching a lot of people in my area leave – I feel at a tribalism level, like, am I doing something wrong? Like people that act like me and kind of look like me, many of them are choosing to leave the tribe of where we live. It does something inside of me that makes me question my identity. I'm like, what am I doing something wrong? Like people that feel and look like me and dress like me and have similar sense of humor to me, they're kind of leaving.
2: (laughs) That was almost word for word an Eminem song, wasn't it? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I don't wow. I do, catch it. I mean, Look I like do. Me, a, like me, merch, then the, the merch- the talk like
1: M&M. me. <laughs> uh, You're hitting a vein. Yes. Let's go. Keep going, prophet. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Let the prophet speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, like when you leave, it, it makes you question yourself. Um, and I know we've experienced that on the other side where we're choosing to leave a certain place and everybody seems like they're like scrambling to not have to question their own lives because we're leaving. And it's like you double down and you have to like tell it, tell yourself a story to not have to go through the discomfort of questioning the tribe that you're in. And so anyway, I, I just, I don't know. It's like we have to overcome the comfort of wanting to just hang out with people that we get at a very like kind of fundamental level. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, they talked about, religiously that like the most segregated time of the week in America is Sundays, you know, (laughs) because everyone's religious expression naturally seems to be with people that look like them, people that get them, people that know their culture, their heritage,
2: their backgrounds. And I think that's the cool tension. I think that's the cool tension, like where y'all are, I think both of you is right now needing to move like the intentionality. It's not like which way is the right direction. Like the intentionality right now that's most fruitful for you is leaning into the discomfort of diversity. Right now for me, I feel like I'm leaning into the discomfort of tribalism. <laughs> like it actually feels uncomfortable to me. Um, because I'm like I I have this over awareness of dude, there's so many ways of thinking about this. You know? Like there's This is not, there's no way I can go back to the idea that like, this is the only way of thinking about this subject or this of suffering or whatever. Right. But, uh, one of our friends, Ben said something, I don't know where he got it from, but it was some like wise saying of like, let's say there's six different ways of approaching this, you know, problem or this way of seeing the world or spirituality or whatever. He's like, you can choose to to dig uh, a foot deep in all six of those areas. Uh, Or you could, you know, dig six feet in one of them and that's where the water starts. And it was this idea that like, it's actually not in the shallow ground of any one way of thinking about something that there's true, like true water. You kind of got to go six feet down, like a real dedication and a discipline to that practice. And I'm kind of feeling that I don't even know if I articulated that well. I'm kind of feeling that right now of like, yeah, like, man, whether that's practicing groundedness or whether that's practicing yoga or whether that's practicing your faith in this way, like it's like pretty far down in that practice of that way of being or that cultural value or whatever that you even start to taste of the life-giving elements of it. Does that make yeah. sense?
1: Yeah. No, and I, 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 do you I see what I'm tracking? I reference on that, but I heard that on a, on a podcast before too. Yeah, so it's almost like, Dude, commit to a way and go it, really that. deep in that. Yes. Because at the end of the day, I mean, one belief is that there's water at the bottom of all those wells. You yes. know what I mean? And there's a lot of commonality when yeah. you go deep. Yeah. And you're not going to live feels your whole un- life. But as, that feels
2: uncomfortable to me to right now. Like I got really comfortable being like, well, this thinks this and this thinks right. this and, and it's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, dude, it's like you don't have to believe you are ultimately right and infallible, but like pick away that. Yeah. So I don't even know how to articulate beyond that. I'll leave it there, but like I'm right. feeling yeah, that invitation right. of like pick away. Well,
1: yeah. And, and let me throw this on the table. Cause this is just something. So, you know, Seth Godin, i am seen his name, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. He's got this book called tribes. I've seen him speak a couple of times. I've read some of his books, you know, kind of a provocative thinker, almost like a kind of, you know, counter cultural He's a marketing expert. Guy. Right. Yeah. But comes at it from like kind of these different angles, right? And so one of the things he talks about here, this is interesting, because it was this study, this Pew Research study that said about a third of Americans have left the religion they grew up with. He said, but the study inaccurately said they left their faith. He said they didn't leave their faith. They just left the religious like support system that is connected to their faith. And then he made this distinction, and, and I think this is good. He says if religion... Um, comprises rules you follow faith is demonstrated by the actions you take hmm. so let's th- think about that religion is, is is about here's the rules we follow but faith is demonstrated by the actions you take here's here's what i'm looking for i am looking for a tribe defined by people who have this faith and what i mean by that is people are going I believe in this thing. I have this vision and I'm going for it. I'm taking massive action towards that. That's like where I get juiced. I think that's like part of what I've been looking for in this new pursuit is like, man, who are the, who are the like disruptors, the innovators? Like they're going for something like they are motivated by a faith in something that's exciting to me man and not people who are just like talking about stuff but people who are actually demonstrating things visions or seeing stuff happen like that's exciting to me so that that was kind of cool when i read that like okay you know like because i feel like okay maybe i'm a little less connected religiously than i was just like what you said in your story drew i actually feel like i'm active i'm i'm activating my faith more than oh, ever thanks. like yeah. dude I'm on, I'm leveraging everything. Like talk about faith. Like I'm doing it. I am, yeah. I am putting my money and my time and my life where my mouth is. And yeah. that's what that's what I was trying to say in the last episode. Like I took a leap yeah. believing that the genius zone is going to outstretch its arms and catch me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? So again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, pump myself up here. What I'm trying to do is say that was very interesting. Like, Wow. We have religious tribes, but like, yeah. could you have tribes built around faith that yeah. might even be supported by different religious, you know, backgrounds, underpinnings, but the yeah. thing is about the action.
2: Yeah, the inspired yeah. action. Yeah. Yes. Well,
0: there's so much more to say. Um unfortunately our time is coming to an end I'll muddy the waters right before we have to stop but like <laughs> literally the last thing I'll like, say because maybe maybe there's maybe we can do an episode on on parenting but like what's challenging for me is I've gone through this journey obviously as a 38 year old where so many of the the needs for the exclusivity or the certainty those have faded and and I'm seeing it in a much more gray nuanced way but yet like you talked about you're still wanting to like commit to a path or have an actual place to ground myself what's challenging is as a parent watching my kids my older ones especially kind of teenagers they developmentally need something that's black and white more than you know so then how do you encourage them on a path whether that be spiritually socially where they, the way their brain understands things is black and white. They kind of need those hard lines and those certainties. And yet I don't have those anymore, but I kind of see that they need it. So like, I'm kind of pushing them in a direction that kind of for me as a person feels disingenuous a little bit. Like and so there's a because you're
1: wanting to be more nuanced at this stage of life. Yes, but they don't. They even need, know what that word means. Yeah,
0: they. <laughs> yeah, like what they can actually latch onto is going to likely need to be something more uh, black and white and clear lines. They and, need the
2: comfort and the yeah,
0: yeah. So it's very safety. challenging. It's hard to pass. Like, how do you pass that on? And that's a literally a whole other conversation. And I've got to go to work, so we can't we can't get there right now but I think this opens up all kinds of really fascinating things of this. You got to go to your work tribe. Now, this messy journey. Yes, I do. (laughs) So, um, you know, thank you guys for kind of rumbling with this kind of stuff. Um, and I think we can, um, kind of land the plane here, but definitely. I'll
1: rumble. I'll rumble with you anytime, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
0: you. All right. Well, I love you guys
1: love you alrighty peace
0: thanks so much for listening to today's episode on the what no one's asking for podcast we could stay connected on Instagram um, we'd love for you to follow us there Pod on Instagram uh, we also have a website WNAFpod.com you could drop us a voicemail here or an email um, we would just love to hear from you And also, if you could consider giving us a rating uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, that would be much appreciated. Super grateful for those that have already done that. Just helps us to kind of share these conversations uh, potentially with more people. So thanks so much for listening today. And we will see you next week for another great conversation.